about Sarah. Um, there are a lot of people that minister to my soul, um, and then there are people that don't, but Sarah's one that does. And, uh, and so I've told her in the past, I said, I could sit under your ministry. And I don't say that to a lot of uh, ladies. I don't just hand that out. Um, but, uh, but I could sit under her ministry. She has. Uh, there are teachers. And then there is what is called the biblical gift of teaching. The gift of teaching. It's, it's an impartation from the Father. It's something that the Father has done in a person's life. There are people that are career teachers, and then there are people who are anointed to teach, and Sarah is one of the latter. Let's welcome her as she comes. All right. No pressure, though, right? <laughs> well, it was an awesome, awesome week. And just, you know, to follow up with what Pastor Ken said about the team that it takes, I've been, so Bernie and I have been running Mega Sports Camp for the last four years. Lighthouse, we've done it here for five, and Bernie and I have been doing it for the last four. And so we have kind of been raising up. I've been doing the administrative end and registration and stuff. And this year I stepped into doing the teaching. So I still had the administrative, but also teaching in all of the sessions. But I'll tell you what, the team I have is fantastic. So I would walk out from teaching and say, oh, we need to remember we need to do this, this. And they said, done. We did it already. So it was such a testament to the team that we had. And we tell people all the time, you don't have to love sports to find a niche at Mega Sports Camp. And that's what that team was. They were saying, I'm not going to go out there in the 110 degree weather, but I will serve. And it was a great week because of that. So um, thank you so much for the privilege of letting me speak. And you will find I am used to speaking to kids. So we have a game that we're going to do in a little bit and a couple different things. The point of today is to give you a snapshot into what Mega Sports Camp was. So the songs that we did this morning were songs that we did at Mega Sports Camp. I wish that the kids were here because to hear 150 kids singing Raise a Hollow Hallelujah. If that doesn't get you pumped, I, I don't know what does. It was awesome. And uh, one of the things that we did at Mega Sports Camp also was each day we highlighted a different athlete or someone who exemplified what our mega point was for the day. And so, because we're trying to give you a little glimpse, we're going to do that same thing right now. We're going to highlight somebody. Um, Coach Scalf, and you can come on up, is going to be our example. <clears throat> For today of our mega point. Now, I could tell you, and I'm going to call up uh, one of my boys in a couple of minutes, and he's going to help me show you what the mega points were for this week. But it talked all about setting goals and the way to reach our goals. And so we thought, well, who would be a great example in our community of someone who follows Jesus and sets goals and achieves them? And right away, I think it was Pastor Daniel who said it right away, Coach Scalf. He's the one we need. And we just met officially this morning, but I feel like I'm in the presence of a rock star because in Gloucester, everyone knows Coach Scalf, right? <laughs> um, he is originally from North Carolina, but he's been coaching for 24 years. Uh, Ten of those years were in North Carolina and the last nine years here in Virginia. For the last seven years, right, he's been coaching high school football at Gloucester High School um, under his coaching, do you say regime? I'm not sportsy. Do you say regime? Under his coaching tenure, um, he has led the team to beat Hampton for the first time, which is a big deal, right? Um, and also to the playoffs two years in a row, which is awesome. He has a wife who is also famous in the district. Karen is incredible at music. They have two boys and a daughter, and we're just excited to have you. Thank you for coming. So if you want, you can sit or you can sit. I don't know. Do coaches like to stand? No. <laughs> But first, could you tell us a little bit, why coaching? Why coaching? Um, I, I kind of like the way you introduced her about being anointed as a teacher. And 
I believe teachers are coaches. Coaches are teachers. And uh, I was, uh, when I was young, I never thought I would be a teacher or a coach. Um, it was a path that I was put on by God. Um, he put me on that path. I had no idea I was ever going to be where I am today. Um, um, coaching, I take it seriously. It's a, it's a privilege. I'm blessed to be able to reach and teach so many kids every day. I have 70 kids in my program this year, and um, I look forward to seeing them every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I try to bring a light, try to bring a positivity to them. Um, it means that much to me because I think that a lot of these kids don't have that at home or they need it at mm -hmm. home. And I try to, we, my staff, I'm not going to take the whole credit for this. I have a great staff, but we try to bring that out of them. And uh, coaching to me is a serious job and um, a very important one as well. It sounds like I say this um, about, and I was just talking to Pastor Ken about this, and it sounds like you would feel the same way. You know you're doing your passion when you say, I can't imagine someone not wanting to do this, right? When you say, I have a drive to do this, I can't imagine not wanting to do this. And then you know that, yeah, that this really is a passion that God's yeah, it's, given me. It's, it's, it's not really a job. It's something mm -hmm. I always tell them, I'm very blessed. I teach at the high school and coach. I, I, don't, I haven't worked since I became a teacher. I love it. I know a lot of teachers may not say that, but I love it. I love every day there. I love it. That is awesome. Uh, so tell me, what's the biggest challenge in coaching? Oh, well, the biggest challenge I would say is um, in today's society is um, getting these kids to realize that they could be something um, from within themselves, giving them a self, uh, some type of self-discipline, self-drive, to um, be able to achieve a goal that a lot of times, you know, uh, they would not see that would be, they would be able to uh, achieve it, um, to inspire the kids, um, uh, to give them a direction. Uh, as a staff, uh, we, I talk to the coaches, I tell them that every day we come out here, we have to be, feel privileged because um, not that many people can do what we do. And, um, we have a load to carry, but um, that kind of leads on to the faith uh, question you're going to ask me. I believe that God doesn't give you any load that you can't bear or carry yourself, and um, it's, it's up to you to deal with it. Of course, based upon your faith, uh, and that faith will obviously let you overcome and, and, and get through it. Um, but... Um, I got lost there, but uh, yeah, no, that's uh, awesome. I think because I think, and I know uh, I'm in elementary school level, yeah. which is a little different than high school. Very different. But being with the kids all day, every day, really, I I tell the kids in kids church all the time. Do you know how I know God listens to you whether your eyes are closed or not? Because I pray walking through the halls of school all the time. Yeah, and I know every He's morning. listening. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as morning. I walk to my classroom, right? Yes, and your faith, really, just having um, the Holy Spirit really giving you the words and the strength because it is a grueling job. And I can't imagine having school all day and then practice all night. I mean, you have very long days yes, to get through. Uh, we always, I always tell the kids, though, you know, uh, once they get out of school, practice. This is the, my favorite part of the day, um, being around them because I'm around young people who have a love for the sport. You don't have to really uh, try to push them to care about it because they're there because they want to. Unlike school some days, they're there because <laughs> mom and dad pushed them out. No, so they don't always Yes, <laughs> you know, but uh, again, though, being in that position, especially at the high school, um, it, it's, it's, a great, it's a great thing. Well, I know that you have had a lot of success, but there are always losses, 
right? Yes, and yes. part of what we're talking about this week is uh, overcoming obstacles, choosing to be unstoppable. And today what we're going to talk about specifically is this idea of pressing on. Yes. E- even when it's t- difficult, you press on and you keep going. So as a coach, you have a tough loss. Mm. How do you help your team? How do you rebound from it? And how do you help the team rebound? Well, uh, one thing I try to instill in these young men is that uh, when you get knocked down, no matter what, how many times you get knocked down, you need to stand back up. Um, regardless, being um, resilient, having that determination is important. Um, football is very similar to the game of life. Uh, I tell these kids all the time. We just had a three-day, we just had a three-day camp out at Graves Mountain. I took all uh, 35 kids up to Graves Mountain. It was just me and four, three other coaches, and then. Um, it was a great experience, and um, at the end, we always come up with a ceremony. It's called a clip ceremony where we come together and uh, let them know that we come together as a, a chain, a, a unit, a bond, a circle. And um, uh, sometimes life will throw a curveball at you, just like a game of football. You lose. You have to find a way to get better. You have to find a way to keep your head up. And a lot of that has to do with your faith as well. Um, because, like I said previously, God won't put you in a position that you, he, he doesn't think you can handle. And um, with you overcoming a loss, what that does is make you that much stronger than you were before. Um, and I always tell the kids um, how far you get up after a loss really demonstrates how much character you have in yourself. And uh, as coaches, that's something that we try to teach anyway. So it goes hand in hand. That's awesome. We are so thankful to have... You know, I know in the building that I'm in, I know the people who it's amazing to see like they are walking out their faith in the midst of a public school. And we are so thankful to have someone like you in the high school as a presence in these kids' lives, your students all day, and in the football team, really passing on your legacy of faith to them. That's an awesome thing. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to piggyback on that. Uh, I try my best, you know, as well as I do in school, you know, prayer and all that stuff sometimes doesn't mix, but luckily for me and my platform and as a football coach, my football program, I have, we actually have our own pastor, Pastor Daniel. Uh, he's been with us and uh, yes, we give it up for him. He actually prayed on us uh, before our trip as well and he, he hit the nail on the head, but every Friday night he comes up with an amazing sermon and uh, he inspires the kids and um, and that's my one thing I can do. If I can somehow bring church into that into the program that way, I'm going to do it. Because, um, again, I feel as though, and I probably sure you guys feel the same way, we need more church uh, more than we, I mean, we definitely need more church nowadays than we have had, right? And uh, I, I feel like I'm doing my part with having Pastor Jan- Daniel and actually trying to instill um, certain character traits that, uh, of course, come from God as well. Well, and I didn't, I didn't give you a heads up on this question, sorry, yeah, but uh, <laughs> as we kind of start to wrap it up, is there anything you say, so talking to all of us here who are not necessarily in the high school, not necessarily, I mean, I could play football if I wanted. You definitely could. But, you know. I could see you as a kicker. <laughs> I, I was going to def- say a kicker, that's about it. Kicker, right? uh, <laughs> what would you say to a community of believers who we say we want to love and support on our community? What is something that a need that you see from within the high school or within the sports program, whatever it is, how can we best support? Well, you know, that's that's a good question. <laughs> um, that's one thing that attracts me attracted me to Gloucester High School. Uh, it's always been my dream to be a small town coach. Um, I've always where I've come from. You know, most of the schools we had 12, 12, 
high schools in one county. Um, and my previous job, same thing, eight. So there was no one high school. And uh, uh, chance to have it, I, I met and bumped into my wife, my girlfriend at that time, and came up here. And um, the support that I noticed at the high school, even when they lo lose, was tremendous at that stadium. And um, I think uh, the community um, is one of the reasons why I was attracted to coming here because of the support. And um, I just w want you guys and the community to keep on supporting what these guys do, not just the football program, all sports programs. Um, it's important. Um, it, it instills and gives these guys skills and traits that may actually allow them to become successful people um, later on in life. And, I, and that's, that's the truth. That as, a, as a football coach, uh, it's not just about wins and losses. It's really about making these guys become young men, productive citizens, um, a great father, a great provider, a great husband. These are things that we teach not just on the field. We try to ho hopefully these guys carry these things um, out in the, in, the, in the real world and, and be a positive influence in the environment in the world today. That's awesome. Well, would it be all right if we took a minute and just prayed? Always. I prayed for your season. We prayed pray for every, you. Before and every Pastor game. Daniel, can I put you on the spot? Because I know you are already in season and out, right? <laughs> if you would lead us in prayer, I know that you your heartbeat is for you know, the community, and you have a connection with this team. Definitely. And so if you're willing, would you lead us all in prayer? And if you're comfortable, would you just stretch out your hand, and we will uh, pray for this year. Well, Lord, we, we thank you for your goodness um, towards us. And, Lord, I just pray today that, that there's a sense of unity uh, that begins to develop in this community, that you would bring together the school and the church, and not just Lighthouse, but every church that, that, that names the name of Jesus as their central focus, that there would be a move of the Spirit that would blur the lines of, of tradition, blur the lines of racism, blur the lines of things that have hindered us as a community for centuries, and that your spirit, your resurrection power would begin to infiltrate every, uh, every program, every sports program, every classroom, every uh, gathering, that somehow, some way, the spirit of the living God would just move upon us in such a fashion that we would we would wake up. And Lord, I pray for this sense of urgency uh, to to um, uh, bubble up in the lives of the believers of this community. That we wouldn't sit back, but that we would we would advance the kingdom of God, the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit. That we would get a set focus set a goal, uh, overcome the obstacles so that we can be unstoppable, not for our glory, but for your glory, Jesus. And we promise when we get together, we will give you all the glory and all the honor because you are so worthy, Jesus. Um, amen. 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 Thank you. Well, thank you so much. You always does such a great job. <laughs> thank you for getting up so early this morning to join us. <laughs> Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate you guys having me here. Thank you very much. Awesome. Yeah. I feel like I really want to do more with the chairs here. <laughs> well, it has been an awesome week, and um, 
I know we have a few different things planned when we have more of the kids in, but I do have one. Uh, most of you know my three kiddos. I have one who is always happy to come up and say something. Lucas, can you come up and help me for just a minute? Actually, I have two who are always happy to come up and say something. You can guess who the other one is. <laughs> so <laughs> it is not Bernie who's over here going, please don't call on me. Uh, <laughs> but I just want to give you a snapshot as we get started on the message for today on what we learned about this week, okay? He thinks he's being interviewed. This is really going to be fast and easy, son, I promise. Uh, what we did is we talked about the fundamentals. And every day we had a different mega point. And I'm not going to ask you to scream it this time, okay? Usually the kids, we all scream it. But I will ask you, if you remember, and you can hold the microphone, do you remember what Monday's mega point was? I will set my goal. I will set my goal. And I talked to the kids about the fact that in life you have simple kind of physical goals, like I will get up on time, those types of things. I'm going to work on that. And then you have what I call God goals. And we use the story of Nehemiah specifically throughout the entire week. And we said Nehemiah set a God goal to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. It was something there was no way he could do it on his own, but he knew it was something God was calling him to. So the first day we said, I will set my goal. What was Tuesday? Bernie, do you need to help him? I will work hard. I will work hard. Good. We said it's important to make a plan and work hard. Nehemiah did that. He went back to the city, figured out what needed to happen, and then got people around him. And I told the kids, a goal without a plan and hard work is just a wish. That's really not going to happen, right? So it's important. I will work hard. you remember Wednesday? I will be unstoppable. I will be unstoppable. Obstacles are going to come in life. In Nehemiah's life, there were tons of them. But as you follow God's goal and work hard and listen for his voice, you can choose to be unstoppable. Do you remember Thursday? Trust your... Trust your training. Trust your training. Very good. We'll study between. Trust your training. And what that really meant was it came down to the word confidence. There are going to be times as you're pursuing your goals, you're going to start to doubt yourself. Can I really? But if you trust your training and the person you are following, which hopefully is Jesus Christ, you know you can keep going. And what was the final one? I will celebrate my wins. Very good. Now you can go. I will celebrate my wins. Go. See? Go. No. I will celebrate my wins. And I, you know... One of the amazing things about the Bible, it is living an act of God's word. So you can read something so many times and all of a sudden it just flags. And when I was reading the story of Nehemiah, which just side note, I know he's not like a very popular character in the Bible. The book's only like 12 chapters long. It, it, I encourage you to read it. It's really powerful. Um, but at the end, as they were celebrating that the wall was built in only 52 days, uh, the people came up and they marched along the walls singing praises. And the verse said, the joy of the people could be heard through the land. Wow, how powerful that was. I'll tell you, when we heard then all of the kids singing raise a hallelujah, I said, I get it. What must it have been like? So that's what we talked about this week. And what we're going to do today is just take it a step deeper. And if we had a mega point for the day, it would be I press on. So when you've done all of that, maybe you've said I've set goals or I understand what God wants for my life. There are often times where we need to kind of refocus, right? Bring our priorities back. Make sure we're living intentionally. And that's what we want to talk about today. So first thing we're going to do, will you humor me for just a minute? Can I do something with you I did with the kids this week? Okay. So you're like, no. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase that. I'm going to do something with you that I did with the kids this week, all right? And if you are in, who are my mega sports camp people? You're sprinkled throughout here. No, stay at your seat, son. All right, I did something called a Bible setup, okay? So whenever you look in scripture, it's important to know where are you looking, right? What are you looking at? And I kind of compare it to this. If you get a 
uh, if you have a stomachache, you don't open up a medical journal and just do this, oh, the person, person's arm needs to be amputated. No, that's, you weren't looking at what you needed to be looking for to find the answer, right? So we need to know the context. So this is what I do with the kids. Oh, I am so glad that you are here, Miss Marianne, because I know Miss Marianne will be with me on this, right? So will Miss Marianne. We've got this. All right, this is what we would do. Here's your Bible. Everybody hold your Bible out for me, okay? You have a Bible. When you open it up, the Bible is broken up into two pieces, the Old Testament, raise it up, and the New Testament. Very good. Side note. When I did this on Monday, the kids looked at me like I had six heads. By the time I got to Friday, I had probably 60% of the kids saying it along with me. So see, see if any of you can stay with me on this. Ready? Um, in the Old Testament, it covers from the beginning of creation through Adam and Eve, the fall, then to Noah, and then eventually Abraham and Sarah and their promised child of Isaac. Isaac had Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. Israel had 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. One of the youngest sons' name was Joseph. Joseph was known for having a fancy coat, but his brothers were very mean to him. And because they were very mean, he ended up in slavery. But because God had a plan and a purpose for his life and he was faithful, he was raised up and he saved the nation of Israel and his family from famine. But unfortunately, eventually they ended up in slavery again. So enter Moses onto the scene, right? He was saved in a... Uh, my son sang with me. He was saved in the basket in the Nile River, right? And God raised him up in the tent, and he said, let my people go. And then the Ten Commandments and crossing the Red Sea. But then the people did what? They whined, because you'll find throughout the Old Testament, the people of Israel whined a lot. So what did they do? They wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years until eventually Joshua fit the Battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down, and the people entered the promised land. They didn't completely take it over, but at least they were there. So while they were in there, the people did what? Wind, that they wanted a king. God, make us like everyone else and give us a king. God said, I should be your king, but okay, fine, I'll give you a king. So he raised up Saul and then David who killed Goliath. David's son was Solomon, who was known for being very wise and very wealthy. But while Solomon was king, the nation of Israel split. And for the rest of the Old Testament, they were divided. And what happened? Did they come closer to God? No, they got farther and farther from God. And God raised up prophets and the prophets said, just turn back to God. He has great plans for you. Did they listen? No. And so the prophet said, look, I'm going to warn you, if you don't turn back to, back to God, he's going to take away his hand of protection. He's going to let people come in. And what happened? Did they listen? No. no. So God allowed kings from Persia and Babylon to come in, and the people were taken into exile for 70 years. And that was our story of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. Happened right about that time. Because eventually after 70 years, God said, not my people. I'm going to get my people back. And they came back to Jerusalem. And then the Bible's actually quiet for a span of about 400 years. Until in the New Testament, who's born in a manger? Jesus. Jesus is born in the manger, and we have the stories of his miracles and his life on earth and eventually his death and resurrection from the dead and ascension to heaven. And that's just the first four books of the New Testament. The rest of the New Testament is spent, written by the apostles as letters to us all about the early church and how we should live. That is the Bible. You can close it. And then with the kids, I say, put it back under your chair. Yeah, and then Revelation. We'll talk about that. So what our passage today actually comes from the New Testament. So these believers, they have the whole Old Testament. They know those stories. They've had Jesus. And now the church is saying, what does it mean to follow Jesus, though? What does that look like? And the book of Hebrews was written, and, you know, I always believed it was written by Paul. But I'll say with more research, they're saying it probably wasn't actually Paul. It was probably someone who knew Paul. But it's written to the believers and the Hebrew church. And it was written because they were undergoing lots of persecution. And the writer is saying, hey, keep 
going. So what greater passage for the theme, I press on, than a passage from Hebrews. And if you look in Hebrews chapter 12, our passage is verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's our passage now. If you'll humor me one more time and realize when I do this all in second service, I'm going to have a whole boatload of kids in here at the same time. But we played a lot of games to illustrate our points. So we're going to play a little game this morning, and it's going to go real fast. I need two volunteers. Not you. You're too little. I actually need, like, my glass on so I can see you volunteer. I need two volunteers. Sean, perfect. Sean, will you pick one person to be your helper? <laughs> the helper has an easy job. I will tell you the helper has an easy job. Do I have a friend? That Thank you, Luke. All right. In one 30-second game, I'm going to illustrate this entire message for you. Okay, can we do that? So come on up if you're one of my volunteers. Oh, Luke, you need to pick a helper. Yeah, thank you. All right. First thing you need to do is pick up that backpack. Scary fact, I didn't have to add anything to those backpacks to make them like that. One belongs to my husband, the other belongs to his namesake. There's a weird thing they have there. Second thing I need you to do is put this blindfold on. <laughs> All right, trust me. Oh, wait, I should tell them this. There's a prize. There's a prize. $20, this nice crisp $20 bill. All right, and I need Mega, Mega's help. This is Mega. You saw Mega a bunch on the video. Mega has been phenomenal this week. You all wish you had a Mega at your house because he can get the kids to do anything, okay? All right, so you need to put on your backpack and you got your blindfold. Here's the game. Oh, you're gonna have to put it on, yeah. Mega is gonna be standing up here. When I say go, I guess you can lift your blindfold for just a minute to see what I'm saying. When I say go, you're gonna... I didn't know that would be the hard part. <laughs> I didn't know putting on the backpack was what was going to be hard. Okay. It is very heavy. When I say go, you're going to put your blindfold down, and your helper is going to have to lead you down the steps, up this aisle, across to the back of the middle aisle. Once you get there, you can take the blindfold off, and you can take the backpack off. Okay? And then you will simply run forward and get your $20 from Mega. Okay? No, it's a race. Yeah. My husband says that it's good to have, like, winners and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm a lipless, and we say everybody's a winner. But we're going to have one winner because I only have one $20 bill here, okay? Stay with me on this. All right. <laughs> All right. So your helper is going to guide you. You can, you can use, you can tell how or whatever you'd like to do. Just don't let them fall down those steps, please. All right. When I say go, you're going to lead them down, lead them up the side aisle, then when they get to the back, they can take off the backpack and the blindfold and come up and get mega. Are we ready? All right. Three, two, one, go. $20 is on the line, people. Run. Oh, you got to get it. You got to get it. 
Megan's supposed to eventually let somebody catch him, but Megan is apparently very competitive also. <laughs> oh, oh, well. Uh, Meg, I would, I would say Luke has gotten to you several times. So. Oh, look, now he's just standing there. Now he's just standing there. Now he's just, they don't trust you anymore, Megan. Yeah, we'll <laughs> I don't think it's worth anything once you rip it. All right, one of you has to take it. Because here's what I'm going to show you. All right, thank you so much. Now, believe it or not, that was my entire message. So, you guys can have a seat. Thank you so much, friends. You are awesome. Yes. Here's what I want us to take from this passage. That was basically my illustration of the whole passage, and here's what it looks like. The first thing that we want, need to do, if we want to follow and pursue God's goals and passions for our life, the first thing we, knew, we need to do is identify what is the prize. Okay? So, in this case, pretty easy. What was the goal? To get the what? To get the money. So for the game, the goal was to get the money. In our passage, the writer describes it this way. He says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Okay? So I've told the kids this throughout the week. Our goals may look different. Right? And when my husband was standing next to me, I said, if it was how many free throws you can make in a minute, his goal might be 10. I don't know. My goal would be 1. Okay, my goal would be one. We may have different goals, and God may have a different plan and purpose for our lives. But if we want to live intentionally and achieve what God has for us, the first thing we have to do is identify what the goal is. What are those things that God's stirring in you? And my hope for you this morning is that maybe God would begin to bring to mind some things that you thought he had for you and you've given up on or you've stopped chasing after, or you've allowed obstacles to get in the way. And to just take a minute and refocus and say, God, what are the goals you have for me? And I don't know what they are. Maybe it's to step out in faith in a job. Maybe it's to step up and be a spiritual leader in your home. Maybe it's to break off some of those habits that have been obstacles for you. But the first thing you have to do is identify the goal. The second thing you have to do is choose your team. So in our game, what did our volunteers do? They chose a helper. In our passage, it's described this way. Since we are surrounded by a, such a great, what? Cloud of witnesses. Who are the witnesses? Well, when you look in Hebrews, go a page back to Hebrews chapter 11, and the writer spends 40 verses telling you witnesses who were ordinary people that God used to accomplish his purposes. And it says that some of those people didn't even see the fulfillment of their goals in their lifetime, but God used them to set up his purposes and plans. Turn a page back to chapter 10. We said in Hebrews it was a church that was experiencing persecution. And what does the writer say to them? In chapter 10 he says, don't stop meeting together. Encourage each other all the more as you see the day approaching. The bottom line is this. We weren't designed to chase our goals alone. We were created for community. So God strategically brings your team into your life, but sometimes we choose to not invite people into that process and not allow people to encourage us. I don't often speak for other people, but I can speak with confidence that Lighthouse is filled with clouds of witnesses to God's goodness his grace, and his faithfulness. So choose your team wisely while you chase your goals. The third thing that we need to do is get rid of what holds us back. So their, their team led them back. They were so thankful when they finally got to do what? Drop the bag, 
Take off the blindfold, right? It made it a whole lot easier. So in our passage, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. I thought this was really interesting. It hadn't jumped out at me before. But that word and, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. What does that tell me? It tells me that a lot of my obstacles may not be sins, but they're really going to stop me from pursuing what God has for me. Let me give some examples that have been the case for me, and maybe it will resonate with you. Worry, anxiety, self-doubt, disappointment, hurts from things people have done to me or said to me, exhaustion from trying to figure it out and do it on my own. Are these things sins per se? No. But are they obstacles to following God and trusting and achieving his purposes? Absolutely. So throw off everything that hinders and the sin. Now, th- that part is important. Okay. So sin blinds us from what God's plans and purposes are for, for our lives. So if I need to say it this morning to get rid of the garbage, I'll say it, get rid of the garbage. Okay. Confess the sins. Give them to Jesus. He wants to break them off. But don't forget the everything else that hinders. Okay. Because here's what I have found in life. We were not designed to be prisoners of our minds. But so many of us are, right? And I'm guilty. I'm preaching to myself as much as anyone else. It's something I've had to learn. But God did not design us to be prisoners of our minds. Instead, in Romans, what does he promise us? Give yourself to me and you can have the renewing of your minds. Then you can test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the first step is with us. Throw off all of those things. Say, I believe, if I believe God created the heavens and the earth, I believe he raised Jesus from the dead, he can save me from my sins, then guess what you can believe? He can break those strongholds in your mind as well. And he wants to if we just offer them to him. So get rid of what holds you back. So identify the goal, choose your team, get rid of what holds you back, and then keep running with your eyes on Jesus. So in our game, I kind of tricked you, right? I didn't tell you Megan was going to run. No, No, I (laughs) didn't. Sean's like, thanks a lot for that. Remind me never to volunteer for Pastor Sarah again. But in our passage, it talks about it too. It says, let us, what, fix our eyes on Jesus. Run with perseverance, the race marked out, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And the reason I had him run was this. I have found in life, and maybe you found it too, that when I follow Jesus, he doesn't always take the same turns I expect him to. So the path to following God doesn't always look like I would plan for it to look. My job is to keep following is to keep listening. So I enjoy running. I started running once my kids were born, and I used to joke and say it was my time with God because they couldn't catch me. Um, but I love to run. But here's what I've found. When I'm listening to, I, listen, I'm, I say I was born in the wrong generation. I listened to a 1980s radio broadcast by Elizabeth Elliott. That's what I listen to when I run. I can run so much farther and faster when I have the right thing that I'm listening to because I'm lost in that. And the other things, they don't distract me as much. I can just keep going. And sometimes I think when we have plans and God gives us a goal and a vision, we get a little bit stuck on thinking it's going to take the path that we expect it to take to get there. But as we're following God, we need to remember to keep listening. Sometimes in my life I have found God has diverted me as a way of saying, "Ah, I'm just reminding you, loosen your grip a little bit on your life. You can trust me. I know this doesn't look like what you expected, but we're going to the right place. 
So as you follow God's goals for your life, keep running after Jesus with your eyes on him. So all of this is work, isn't it? It takes effort to, to stop and identify the goals, to choose your team, to throw off those things, and to keep running. So why? Why do we do all of it? Simply because the goal's worth it. The prize is worth it. So in this case, 20 bucks. I'll run around the sanctuary for 20 bucks, right? Uh, in, in our passage, it says that Jesus, it doesn't talk about our prize. It talks about Jesus' prize. Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame. Do you know how shameful it was to be crucified in that day? And he hadn't even done anything wrong. But it says, why? Back up. For the joy set before him. What was the joy? The joy was restored relationship between God and man. Look at the horrible pain he encountered. Can you imagine looking down and seeing your mother who raised you broken and crying, knowing what she's going through? But it says, for the joy, because he knew that the prize was far greater than the pain. And in our lives, going through these steps, going through, sometimes it's painful to acknowledge when there's a sin we need to put aside or when there's something, or we need to ask for help. But the pain is nothing compared to the prize. What is our prize? Our prize, knowing Jesus. Our prize, following his plans and purpose. The prize, to invest a legacy in those around us and for generations to come that we'll never see. But the prize is so worth it. So here's all I have for you, is a question. Where are you today in your journey? Do you need to take a minute and look at some of your goals? Maybe you say, my goal is survival right now. It's day to day. Because I think there are a lot of people in our world who their goal is just to survive. It's to make it through the day. Is that your goal? If so, can I offer you a piece of hope today? That's not Jesus' goal for you. God's goal for you is to have restored relationship with him. He gave his son for you to have that. Restored relationship with him so you can get a vision for what he has for your life. Or maybe you're looking and you're saying, I used to have goals. I knew what God wanted, but man, life happens. Things happen so fast. I haven't been taking time to be intentional. I've allowed other things. I've picked up other weights along the way. I've picked up habits or I've allowed my mind to control my decisions instead of trusting him. Or maybe I'm disillusioned because I thought my life would look like this right now and it looks like that. And God, why did you take me here? Because here's where you told me we were supposed to go. And do you need to just take a minute today and say, Jesus, I trust you. It's you I'm chasing, not just my plans. Right? So I'm going to actually ask you to do something very interesting. I'm going to pray in a minute. Before I pray, if you have a phone, I'd like you to take it out. I know we never say this in church, right? But here's when I was praying about how I wanted to close the service. I just kept being reminded of this, and maybe anyone else has experienced this. I've had a lot of times in church where I feel the Holy Spirit speaks to me about something. And by the time I get home, I've either talked myself out of it or forgotten. Anyone else ever had that? By the time we get home, well, it's not really that big of a deal. I think in the mo emotion, I got caught up in it. So here's what I'm going to have you do. I'm going to pray. And while I pray, I just want you to be asking the Holy Spirit, what's an area, what's one area that you want me to notice? Is it a goal that I've given up on? 
Is it something I need to cast off? Is it someone I need to go to and say, will you be on my team? Will you, I can't do this on my own. Will you come alongside me? And here's what I want you to do. Everyone who asks me for something, I tell them the same thing. If I don't write it down, it doesn't exist. Okay? So most of the time, I text myself. I text things to myself all the time because I will not remember to get whatever it is I need to get at home when I get home. And Siri doesn't like me, so I can't say, Siri, remind me when I get home. So I text myself. So here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Whatever God is placing on your heart, would you text it to yourself? So that when you get home and you're tempted to say, well, that was then, but you know, I need to get busy on doing that. That will be a reminder for yourself to hold yourself accountable that If you follow God, follow through on those things, it will be so, so worth it. So if you bow your heads, I'm just going to take a minute and close in prayer. And while I pray even, if you already know these are the things, this is something that God is reminding me of. Go ahead. You can start. I won't be offended. Start texting yourself. Because it's really not about me and my words. It's about the Holy Spirit and you connecting. So you can go ahead, whatever that is, while I pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you have plans for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. I thank you that you sent your son to die so that we could be forgiven and have restored relationship, that Jesus was willing to endure all of that for the joy of relationship with us. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would just drop fresh vision into our hearts. Lord, the goals maybe that we've let fall by the wayside, Lord, new goals that you're dropping into our hearts. I pray that you would solidify them this morning, that we wouldn't allow anything to stand between us and those goals. Lord, if there are things that we're struggling with in our minds or maybe hurts we've had, Lord, we just pray that you would break those things off. We know it's never your will for us to be prisoners in our minds. Lord, we pray you would forgive us from the sins that we hold on to sometimes. And God, I just pray for strength, divine grace and strength for perseverance as we follow you. Give us sensitivity, ears to hear your leading and the strength to follow. We love you so much, God, and we thank you in advance for the legacy that's being left through our lives as we follow you. We pray you would bless everything that happens this morning and that you would seal the words that you're speaking so that when we go home, it wouldn't be the end, but it would be just the beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to, uh, you know, over the years, I've, uh, I've discovered, you know, that the people that uh, continue to press on that have the right stuff down on the inside usually had somebody help them get started. Does that make sense? Um, if if I were to ask you uh, the names of five sermon titles that were just like really changed your life, you know, other than mine last week. Um, <laughs> no, if five sermon titles that changed your life, you probably would have a difficulty doing that. But if I asked you the question, who are five people that inspired you, encouraged you, equipped you, edified you, built you up, prayed for you, whatever it is, you probably wouldn't have too much difficulty doing that, right? Um, because we, 
you know, we are living epistles. You know, we are, you know, God has, has set us in this world to encourage people and inspire people. Um, one of the things that we're doing here at Lighthouse to help, uh, you know, at, we, you know, a couple weeks ago, we baptized 24 people. And uh, one of the things that's always on my heart is, okay, what's next for these 24 people that just got baptized? What's next? Who's, who's taking them by the hand? Who's sitting down with them? Who's doing what uh, Pastor Sarah a, a minute ago said, this is a Bible and it has two parts. Um, we, need, we need to work on the process. Remember, you gotta, you gotta set the goal. The goal, you know, the goal is, is to cross the finish line, but you gotta have somebody coming alongside of you saying, this is how you train to run this race. This is how you do this. So we are starting a thing here at Lighthouse called Bible Coaches. Um, I have a small team that's getting started, but we need about 50. And uh, so if you'd like to be a part of that, <clears throat> the training is only going to take about a half an hour. We have the training put together. We need the people who have been in the Lord for a little bit of time, uh, you know, five, six years, probably good enough. Uh, but, uh, but to come together, and, it's, and we're not, we're not uh, telling you how to, you know, we're, we're not saying this is a, a lengthy sit-down. This is an introduction, basic introduction to the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. This is how to do personal devotions and, you know, and helping people get started and then just staying in a relationship long enough till they get something established. If you'd like to be a part of that, uh, we have a, a training coming up in the, to be announced in the next couple of weeks. But if you would take out a, a, connect, uh, a connection envelope and just put your name on there, put Bible Coach, put your uh, phone number, your email address on there and then just drop it in the offering box on the way out that would be great that would be uh, very very helpful for us as the team is forming and there's no age limit to this if you've been in the Lord for a while and and uh, you know we can we can do the training with anybody so just come on we'd, we'd love to help you and you can help others uh, by by helping them to navigate their way in their Bible okay Father, we bless you today. We thank you for the, the great word that we've heard this morning. We pray that you would uh, allow us to be those not only hearers but doers. Help us to put into practice what we've heard today and walk it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're a guest with us today, please stop by Inside Lighthouse. Pastor Daniel has a gift for you, and he wants to shake your hand. And, and uh, have a great day in the Lord, and we'll see you soon.